0: How's everyone doing? Happy Sunday. Hopefully it was another one. It was super warm here. Very beautiful weather. Might be getting my <laughs> base coat in for my tan finally. Instead of being extremely pasty boy. Um so I'm I really, really try to stay away from the whole I don't know, how do I want to say it, politically correct debate and the battles between those, that was a deep sigh, (laughs) between the left and the right kind of narrative that's been going on. I don't like it. Um, And I hate how everything is polarized lately. But I've kind of brought up a few options or not options, stories, and just pop culture things that have happened recently that have really kind of piqued my curiosity and just made me think about where comic books are at in 2021, as opposed to when I started buying them as a kid in the 80s. Um, Coming from a small town, my only real access, growing up until I moved to a major city that had comic book stores, was on road trips as a kid and anyone that's probably Gen X or older will understand this example that when we went on road trips you would there would be these three packs of comics that you could buy and it was in these sealed clear plastic bags but there would always be one comic facing each way and then the middle comic would be this mystery, and usually something shitty. But every once in a while, I'd get these like interesting but weird things. I think a ser an old DC series called like Weird Wars. I'll have to look this up when I'm done. <laughs> um Was in the middle once, but generally you'd have an A tier comic facing the front, a B tier comic facing the back, and then some rando crapo <laughs> in the middle. Every once in a while, I'd get at least two decent ones like I remember I think I got um a good Wonder Woman comic once and then like I said those weird wars or weird tales in the middle but that was my only access and then when I was older at least one of the kind of the uh, the convenience stores in my city town whatever you want to call 5,000 population um I was able to time it that I was able to get... Was it Batman or Detective? I would check them out every week. And then I was finally able to get... I I think it was Batman. I was able to kind of time it. That I was at least getting that every month. And then I was getting a Spider-Man comic also monthly. And it was a series that used to kind of retell his more popular stories from the past. Um, And dirty little secret my favorite part was the back few pages had spider ham comics in it and i almost wanted that more than the actual spider-man stories so and spider ham is awesome (laughs) but and i had this conversation with my one friend who does work at a comic store and in the 80s comics were directed at teenage boys and i think as time has gone on like in the 90s It was directed at 20-year-old men because we had all grown up. And I don't know why it started at that point that in the 80s, it was still mostly directed at teenagers. But that's when the Frank Miller and the darker stuff kind of came in. But there was this wave that comics started becoming for grown-ups starting around that time. And so I didn't care because I was growing up and... Everything seemed to be marketed at my age, my generation. And so now it almost feels like comics are directed now at 30, 40, 50-year-old men, or at least the superhero genre. Let's go with that. And so the first thing that I kind of, it never dawned on me until I saw this story that said, um, the top-selling graphic novels every month are 1 through 20 predominantly manga now. And so what has brought that on? And so I saw a tweet by Jerry Conway, famous comic book guy, um, notable, notable. I guess. We'll use Punisher as the first example. But he's also created, I believe, Ms. Marvel, Power Girl, and a few other pretty... Um, very big names as far as characters through 70s, 80s, 90s, especially Punisher, and now Ms. Marvel, especially since she became kind of the flagship character at the end there for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So Jerry Conway has made some pretty impactful, super cool characters, um, especially as a guy in his late teens, and then early 20s when punisher started really ramping up and becoming that um i would say him and venom and then spawn later kind of became the four or the front runners let's say for the um the ever popular anti-hero genre that kind of spawned there um huh. and so jerry where is this may 11th so 5 days ago he tweeted out american comic book artists are taken deservedly to task regularly for outrageous, sexist treatment of women. But rarely do I see any commentary on the rampant sexism and misogyny of manga. And manga is incredibly incredibly popular with young readers. And he attached um, an image to his tweet of a manga called Dungeon Builders. Dungeon Builder? I don't know. I know nothing about the medium. Um, not my thing. Like I said, 80s kid... I like my capes and cowls. So he kind of brought up a thing. And to me, I just want to... I don't want to criticize anyone. I just kind of (laughs) want to... I find the humor in this. Because the man... And if you don't know who Power Girl is, um, take a second and Google or look up an image of Power Girl. Because... To me, the humor in this is Jerry Conway, the man who's created all these iconic characters. And Punisher, for starters, incredibly violent, and he kills criminals in an era where superheroes usually didn't kill. Um, But Power Girl kind of (laughs) being the laughable example in this, when you Google her, she has what nerds call the boob window. And she's missing this giant piece of the front of her costume where you can just see her breasts, (laughs) like the top half. And nothing's ever been made of it. That's just her costume. She has this white costume with that boob window, blue gloves, um, red belt, red cape. And I believe she is Superman's cousin from my... I didn't read her a lot. I was a big DC guy, but I was mostly a Batman universe guy. And then a few other kind of... DC characters, if the writing was good, I would go that way. So, Power Girl would kind of come and go and sometimes be a JLA member. But she was on that Superman tier for power level. And so, to me, I just find the humor in this. That the guy who created the Punisher and Power Girl is kind of on the attack for how manga now portrays women and the way they're drawn so I did click on the image that he attached and yeah the cover of this dungeon builder has an insanely like outrageously drawn female character on the cover um, with giant breasts and just they're barely covered and I get it but I don't know if he sees the humor and it coming from him and I get it this is 32 well easily 30 years later for me since I got into comics and I don't know the exact date of when he created or co-created Power Girl um, but I just find it funny that now and I ha- when I was chatting with my friend they said that manga is their predominant market is teenagers and that's what The main market of the superhero genre was when I was a teenager and you have these characters that he created that kind of flourished off my generation being teenagers. So I find that at least kind of humorous now that the guy who created Power Girl is kind of pointing out that there is sexualization of characters in manga. And I get now we're under 2021 standards. So characters are being... And even there was the Mary Jane Watson redraw thing um, last week, two weeks ago. I can't remember if I talked about it. Um, (laughs) But pretty much someone, air quotes, redrew a picture of Mary Jane because she was too impossibly like drawn I guess in their eyes so they redrew her more in what they considered um how do I put that normal or realistic I guess of a female body and pose and just everything about it and so now we're in this era of um (laughs) people taking issue with it where when I was a kid it was a comic book they weren't real people they're not real women Um, but I get it. So we're in this more, um, politically correct is the only way to really put it view of things. And so I just found it funny because yeah, like I said, the man who made power girl is now kind of pointing out how sexualized, uh, manga is when he, who knows how much money he made off this, but he co-created a lot of stuff and probably made some decent coin, and he is a well-known name. So, interesting, <laughs> and kind of, for me, it just makes me kind of tilt my head and go, mm, okay. But now you know, just, yeah, strange. <laughs> I don't care either way. Like, I stopped buying comics a long time ago, um, and prove me wrong maybe the writing has improved it's just nothing has grabbed me and I've got a pile like a huge pile of DC rebirth here that I cannot sink my teeth into and thoroughly enjoy to the point where I just want to read it all and so I don't know but I've also and that's another story for another time this whole comics gate and how they accuse men Of my generation of kind of gatekeeping comics and trying to keep it the way it was and that's not what I'm trying to do I'm just saying modern comics aren't written for me which is fine I it yeah it is what it is um and the other one I wanted to bring up and this is from a few months ago months month month or two ago where the man writing man I don't even know because I think their name is ta Hussy Coates, but they're the writer for Captain America. I think something I heard is they're just ending their run on that title. And I subscribed and got Captain America when it was the Winter Soldier run, Brubaker. Fantastic writing. Like, amazing. But I kind of jumped off after he was done with it. And he was one of the big three at Marvel in the 2000s to 2010s when they were on a huge role and um, the Winter Soldier story and a few th- and just kind of Bucky taking over as Captain America. Spoilers from 15 years ago. <laughs> but now Captain America, they did a story with the Red Skull, but the Red Skull they have from from me looking at it, they have him kind of recruiting disenfranchised young men and they have him using a lot of quotes that are very similar to Jordan Peterson things like they're looking at a laptop and it's Red Skull and he has his 10 rules for life and if you know Jordan Peterson his two really well-selling books are called 12 rules for life and he always talks about chaos and order and that's another thing that's on the screen. Um, as a caption next to Red Skull. And so, I find it humorous because anything I've ever taken away from Jordan Peterson has been very simple, get your shit together, fix your life, um, start with yourself, and just kind of the whole thing, like turn chaos into order, starting with yourself and building out. Like, he tells you to make your bed in the morning. Like, he's not, <laughs> I don't know, and so, I, this is another one of those things that I just stay away from. Because I get that he's a very polarizing character. And so, when I see friends or people I know kind of make a face about him, I just drop it. He's helped me turn my life around and become a better person, a better parent, a better co-worker, just in general. So, I have nothing but positive for the man. Um, I have his books, everything. And so... in the humorous side of this I also enjoyed the way that he kind of took this and spun it into something positive um, after pretty much being called a Nazi (laughs) because that's what people think of when they think of Red Skull so all of a sudden you have all these references pretty much Red Skull pretty much quoting Jordan Peterson kind of ideologies and titles of his books and stuff and I think think it's funny because then jordan peterson turned around and one of his fans made they took the the hydra logo and turned it into a lobster and those of you who don't know jordan peterson very well he uses lobsters in a lot of his lessons and examples and kind of teachings about with especially with the first chapter of his one of his first 12 rules um he talks about lobsters and how they're brain chemistry works and dominance hierarchies and kind of serotonin production just all that stuff but he's always used lobsters in his evolutionary and kind of examples of things and it always when he uses it it makes a lot of sense when he's explaining these things even about how when a lobster loses a fight it kind of its posture goes down and it kind of becomes depressed and the serotonin effect and all that and how it ties in with people and kind of the current state that a lot of us are in and so because of this whole how lobster memes have always kind of rotated around Jordan Peterson one of his fans turned the Hydra logo into a lobster it's hilarious you can look it up and then of course the next best step to taking this absurdity and parody of him to the next level is they created a shop and have (laughs) these um lobster it says hail lobster instead of hail hydra i think it's hilarious and they have a ton of merchandise i can't remember if it came down or not yet but they did this run and every single penny made off of this hail lobster merchandise went to charity so once again (laughs) He took this kind of um, attack on him and spun it into something fun and also into a good cause in the end. And I think he's just used to people taking these shots at him. Just it's so strange that it's through a comic book character who's like genuinely portrayed as um, someone who's come out of the Nazi system. So very strange attack but i know nothing about Coates as a writer um i think he's in charge of the upcoming superman project so we're about to find out but strange how this attack turned into like a hail lobster merchandise campaign for charity but once again we're living in this pc world and Polarized world where people are taking these shots at each other, and there it never seems to be this like rational middle ground. And I don't know, I just find the humor in it, and I'm glad that others have found the humor in it, especially with this Hail Lobster thing. Um, but I don't know, it's weird. Comics is weird, um, probably why I haven't bought comics in a long time. Um, I don't even want to be involved in the battle. I see a lot of um, YouTube content creators, and they're co- and I stopped following a few of them for a while because it was this constant um, up-in-arms, outrage, clickbait stuff like, oh, Star Wars is under attack now, this is under attack, and, and it just, you get desensitized to this crap. And at the end of the day, I just want to enjoy my comic book characters, and I want good writing. I don't care if the character is a blue, five-eyed alien from space. If the writing's good and the story's good, I'll buy it. I'll read it. I'll support them. Once the writing gets bad, just whether it's an unengaging story or if... I hate the term woke, but if it's like some kind of woke cause or statement that they're trying to make through the comic books... I'll probably unplug and walk away as well. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> that's kind of the interesting fun that I've found in this lately. Um, I have no desire for this to go on and become a debate. Um, if you disagree with me, that's perfectly fine. I'll listen to your side. Of, like the art of the conversation's dead. <laughs> but I just found these were funny. That the Power Girl creator is now accusing other medium of drawing women to scantily sexes. Th- I don't know. But once again, like I said, it's 2021 and we're living by different rules now. So read what you read, like what you like. I just think it's kind of funny. But right on. Um, Once again, as always, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, the Insta one is more personal stuff. I think I just post what I eat and when I go for runs (laughs) to keep me motivated. Um, If you like what I'm doing, I do have a Patreon for Second South. Um, I'll put a link for it in the episode here. But other than that, have a good week. I think the warm weather has finally set in and I'm happy. So I'll be going for way more walks and I'll be showing off the pasty white bod until I can get some more sun in but right on have a fantastic week and i'll talk with you soon